Raider Nation, wake up and get ready because it's time for the morning grind on the official Raiders Podcast Network. Good morning, Raider Nation. This is Professor Kennedy, and today's date is October 19th, 2021. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Morning Grind. Well, how about that win in Mile High? What isn't it great? I tell you what, through all this team's distractions and all the things that have befuddled them over the last couple of weeks, it sure was good to see them just get out and get back to business. Surprisingly, they played well. Uh, and, and I'm not saying it, you know, trying to be anything egregious or, or misleading by it. I, the fact that they came out and they had a fast start, they were able to get a touchdown on the fast drive, the first drive. Um, you know, they struck with a long pass to Ruggs, obviously. I think it was for 48 yards, if I'm not mistaken, uh, or somewhere in that range. Uh, that was very helpful. I mean, it really showed me that they were paying attention to detail, which I think is necessary. You know, I've been critical of this team all season, as you know, in various ways. But I think getting back to what they do and what they do well really helped build confidence. Conversely, you know, give the Broncos some credit. They came down and made it interesting, and it wasn't going to be a game that the Raiders walked away from. But winning the small things, you're winning the line of scrimmage, you're controlling the run game, and you're getting turnovers. These are all keys that aid a good football team in pressing forward. The Raiders were able to do that against the Broncos. They were actually able to score a lot of points, 34 in all, to be able to pull away from the game and put the pressure on the Broncos. This sets a nice precedent as we get into the teeth of the divisional schedule and the second half of the season following the bye. And the reason why is because now you have some things on tape that are going to set pressure or make defensive coordinators think twice. Uh, conversely, you know, they did have some, the Broncos did have some success on offense against our defense. So those things that our defense has to work on. But that's just the everyday rigors that are there for every team in the National Football League. Up next is the Eagles, and we don't necessarily need to preview them right now, but it's important that they try to maintain the same type of cohesiveness and the same type of energy when they play the Eagles because after that they have their bye where they can definitely reflect on the first eight weeks of the season. So let's talk a little bit in detail about the Bronco game. You know, I tell you what, I, 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 it was almost like a, a moment of being a proud papa. I have been critical for this team and this offense for so many years that they didn't have a good screen game. They didn't have a good uh, a good draw game. The reason why is because when you have aggressive rushing teams, when you have teams that play five guys at the line of scrimmage, like the last three teams that the Raiders face, which I call bear defense, imagine the center and the two guards are covered up by a nose guard and two defensive tackles. On the, on the tackles, you usually have defensive ends, or in this case with these defenses, outside linebackers. But it's not the case where you'd say a traditional outside linebacker who contains the run and drops back in pass coverage. Very limited on doing that. They, don't very, they very rarely do that these days out of this style of defense. This is the kind of defense that Vic Fangio perfected in when he was his years in Chicago before he took the Denver Bronco job. But his disciple tree has since, since then kind of spread out. So the Chargers, the Bears, and the Broncos play all a very similar defense. And hey, you know what? The Chargers the Broncos, and the Bears all have aggressive and notable outside defensive ends slash outside linebackers. There's Joey Bosa, there's Khalil Mack, and Robert Quinn in Chicago, two, two guys. And then in uh, Denver, you've got Von Miller and Bradley Chubb, who's had a season-ending injury, would be there. But still, they've got guys that are trying to work in that spot. 
All in all, this creates a very aggressive pass rush. Sometimes to offset that aggressive nature in that pass rush, what you want to do is you want to have a screen game or a draw game. And for years, the Raiders hadn't necessarily been competent at either one. But in the Bronco game, they had a big screen to Josh Jacobs, well-timed, got him down, and he eventually scored following a King and Drake run. But that was a very notable scene. And even in the Bear game, I saw them run a delayed draw. These are all things I think they need to work on, in my opinion, just to help them offset some of that rush and help their offensive line. If guys on the defensive side are willing to think that there's going to be a screen or a draw, they're probably not likely to want to rush up the field. It's worked against us in the past, and it can work against similar defenses that have that aggressive style pass rush. So I was very proud to see that. Also, when they were down on uh, close in the, in the red zone, they ran what we call a counter trail. Now, this is one of my favorite runs of all time because playing play tackle, I love to pull and try to come out and hit a linebacker or clear away for the running back. This is where you pull the backside guard and tackle. In this case, it was John Simpson and Colton Miller that pulled on the goal line. The rest of the line seals to the left, and they pulled those two guys around the right. Simpson had a kickout block. Colton Miller came up and cleaned up. And then King and Drake, um, brushed, I think it was Josh Jacobs, that, that actually bust through for the touchdown. So, I, you know what? In all honesty, and, and forgive me if I had the rap backs messed up because I'm just so excited talking about it. But in all honesty, it was a wonderful moment. I was a proud papa. I stood up in the broadcast booth and I clapped my hands because that's the first time I've seen them tr- run a true power run which is called the counter trail or, or Bob trail, depending on who you're talking to. And it's one of my favorite runs, and I saw them do it to perfection, and I just loved it. So the screen game is coming alive. The draw game is still something they're going to work on, but I have seen hints and signs of it, as well as the power running game like that. As I've said before, guys, you have to listen to the Raider Nation. You have to wonder that this offensive line has some changes, has some disruptions due to injuries and setbacks, hasn't always been playing that well, still are plagued by penalties. Alex Leatherwood needs to get better with his hands as well as his mental. He can't be that aggressive all the time when they come out and kill people because then he has penalties like he had in Sunday, you know, offsides and stuff like that. He's the most penalized offensive lineman in the league right now. It's not a good look for the for the rookie. He's got to learn how to play controlled. Understand that football is controlled violence. Between the whistles, controlled violence. You got to do your job, but you also got to play within the rules. But this line and all in all, I think this line is coming together. And the way things are these days, um, with the, the limited amount of practice and the guys that are injured and dinged up during the week, the best way that these guys can get full speed reps is in game time situations. And I thought that they had a pretty solid game plan going up in Denver. I thought they executed well. I thought they got everyone involved. And that's also what we want to see, right? Isn't that right, Raider Nation? You think about it. You know, you got Brian Edwards with a couple of critical catches. You know, you even got King and Drake on the wheel route that scored a touchdown. You know, the big plays to Henry Ruggs III, Hunter Renfro. I mean, Darren Waller. I mean, the list goes on and on. Everybody is involved. Even Jalen Richard coming in and, and spell for the third down situation has got a critical first down to keep a drive moving. So, all in all, Derek Carr, Greg Olson, and this offensive-minded staff are using their weapons. More importantly, I thought they showed good signs over the progression of the game, getting the run game more involved. I'm one of these guys that I said on the broadcast that I believe Josh Jacobs is a better downhill back running straight at the line, almost like an eye back or one of those old guys like Emmett Smith and those guys that would run forward better than running stretch runs. 
You don't have to run a lot of off tackles or a lot of, you know, off guard runs. You just run straight at the line. And if you have a cutbacks that you work into it, like with a couple wham plays, which I'll explain later, then those are things that you can you can add to your your um, to your arsenal. But I think Josh Jacobs is slowly getting into his groove. It's a good time because the truth of the matter is that you want to be able to have him available throughout the year later in the year, which you haven't had the the opportunity to have early in his career. So all in all, you take away from the 34 to 24 win in the, versus the Broncos is, you know, you look at the hindsight being in 2020, you're able to move the ball. You were able to control the 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 ball the, the ball and the pace of the game for the most part because you put the pressure on the Broncos. They had to come back, pass to come back, had to make big plays, and it was it was probably one of the least penalized games of the season. Um, I don't have all the stats directly in front of me, but I was pleased with the uh, the outing that the Raiders did against the Broncos a mile high. And more importantly, looking back, it's Coach Passaccia's first game. So with all the outside or external distractions that could have possibly hand happened to this team. The best thing I thought was for them was to get back in the win column, and now they're tied for first place in the division along with the Chargers. So that is a good thing, and I, I really do uh, appreciate the effort that they put out there. When you look at Coach Passaccia, and I know a lot of people have been asking and talking about it, look, the way I look at it as a special teams coach, I'm one of the guys, who, and I've said this before in other mediums that I've had, I think special teams coaches are better suited as head coaches. The reason why is that they have they have a, a an important role, no doubt, coaching the special teams, but it's not as big or as no, a number has the numbers the guys that you have to maintain like you do on offense and defense. Usually, when you have one of those coaches that co- specialize in that side of the ball, they want to weigh their influence on what they can control, what they what they understand, or what they know best. I.e., John Gruden ran the offense. That's because he's an offensive minded coach. Sometimes you lose focus on the other assets of the game, the defense and the special teams. But Coach Passaccia, having such a great rapport, not only with the entire team and the coaching staff, and mind you, this is a very experienced and good coaching staff, I think it's better suited for the team because now Coach Passaccia can run the special teams, but he can allow Greg Olson to run his 25 guys on offense and Gus Bradley to run his 25 guys on defense and understand it and have the utmost confidence and faith that they're going to do a job. More importantly, especially for the offensive side, Greg Olson has a great relationship with Derek Carr, who understands the offense. And if you saw the Bronco game, you saw more and more him taking the, the check with me systems or having the wherewithal to change plays and try to get the best out of them. He did that. And Gus Bradley, with guys like Denzel Perriman, Casey Hayward, who all know his system. And how about the game that Faison, the new acquisition from the Chargers, played uh, in, in the game, uh, playing corner. Um, that Those are the guys that help lead the defense, and they're interchangeable parts. You're getting a nice rush from the from the defensive line, which is imperative in the cover three system. And you also got a system in place where guys know what their responsibilities and are able to excel. I believe Denzel Perriman is having an all-pro year and is probably going to be voted to the Pro Bowl, but it's still early and there's still a lot of football to be played. I just think he's having a well of a year, as well as Corey Littleton. And when you talk about the rush, you know, here's the thing. Because the Raiders have not notoriously had a rush until now, there haven't been a lot of attention paid to the defensive ends or defensive line. But with that being said, you saw the Broncos do what we call max protection. Well, they'll keep a tight end on one side and a back on the other to chip. Same thing that we've had to do to help shore up our offensive line. Sure, that's possible. But what it means is also means limited guys are going out in pass routes. So that means that you can you can do bracket or double up coverages or complex coverages on the back end to help the to hold to hold the quarterback accountable or more importantly confuse him. 
Um, these are all things that work in your favor. More importantly, they're still getting rushes. They're still getting pressure. Had a number of sacks in the, in the Bronco game and were really, you know, taking uh, Bridgewater by surprise. Not necessarily by surprise, I should say, bad choice of words, but they were really confusing Bridgewater and making him sometimes pull down the ball and look at the rush rather than look at downfield. That's what you call an aid to the defense. So I've been impressed with the total team out, uh, outing. Most importantly, with the special teams and Coach Passaccia's job of Coles and Daniels, they've done a great job at doing their job. So going forward, this is very exciting for the next week against the Eagles in Allegiant Stadium. And I'm challenging everybody Raider Nation, come out and show up. Don't let those green and white fans try to take over Allegiant Stadium. That's the home of the Raider Nation. Well, look, that's going to do it for me today and my time here today. My name is Professor Kennedy, and this was The Morning Grind. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Morning Grind on the official Raiders Podcast Network. Allegiant is going the distance for health and safety on the ground and in the air. Because the further we go now, the safer it'll be to go farther tomorrow. Allegiant, the official airline of the Las Vegas Raiders. Low fares, nonstop flights, only at Allegiant.com.